This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of The Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Cy Wilmore, and today I'm joined by Ralph Velasco, travel photographer, photography instructor, international guide, and chief experience officer of Photo Enrichment Adventures and A La Campagna Experiences. Thanks so much for joining us, Ralph. How are you doing today? You well? Hey, real good, Cy. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Uh, Whereabouts are you calling in from? You're over in the States, right? In Chicago, was it? Yeah, I'm in the Chicagoland area right now in between trips. Yeah. Whereabouts is the is the next trip? Where have you just come from? Most recent trip I went to uh had a group in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, and then uh up upcoming uh I'm actually gonna take my mom for some fall colors in oh, the area beautiful. Wisconsin and maybe Michigan and so the fall colors are real nice over here in the yeah. in about in a couple of weeks so let's oh, see about that. amazing oh well uh, let's get into it Ralph tell us a little bit about yourself where are you where are you from originally and and how you got into travel photography sure I'm uh, originally from Chicago and I've lived in uh, various places lived in Mexico City for a while I was getting my master's in international business down there I uh, lived in Southern California for about 15 years total uh, but I'm originally from Chicago and about uh 10 year eight ten years ago i went location independent which is just a nice way of saying uh homeless <laughs> but uh voluntarily homeless and uh so i i was i was leading my trips i started my company uh photo enrichment adventures back in about 2008 and uh, or 2005 and started doing international trips as of about 2008. I went full-time. Uh, I was a financial advisor at the time. And uh, we all know what happened in September of 2008. We had the worldwide financial crisis. Uh, it was actually the best thing that ever happened to me because uh, the next day is when I say I went official, uh, officially went 
full time into uh, being a travel photographer and international tour organizer. And that date's coming right up. Uh, that, that was late September, and we're on September 21st right now as we record this. Oh, so it's nearly your anniversary. It is. It is coming up. Uh, what would that be? Thir- 14 years? I don't even wow. know. Congratulations on your on your 14th anniversary. Then it sounds yeah. like there's well, Lord knows there's not many people that uh, that benefited from from the crash, but it sounds like that was the the thing that inspired the leap of faith, perhaps. Yeah, you know, I felt like it was something where I, I wasn't enjoying being a uh, financial advisor at that time. <laughs> Does anybody? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh, and so certainly as the financial crisis hit, uh, yeah, people that had been in the business for 25 years, like my boss, you know, lost 90% of their book. Oh, and God. and here I was just starting out. So I was crushed. And uh, But like I say, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because kind of looking for a way to get out of that. I had already started teaching photography, doing uh, one hour or two hour uh, one-on-ones with people sitting at their kitchen table, teaching them how to use these new digital devices that were you know, the one megapixel digital cameras and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, so that uh, just little by little grew. And uh, I, I going full time at at the end of September 2008 was, um, you know, financially, I probably wasn't ready to as far as like, you know, I didn't have enough of the photography thing going to have a full time, make it a full time job, uh, at least pay wise. But you know what? I, I felt like I just burned the bridges. Um, you know, I had to make this work, and that's what happens. So it's funny what can happen when you do that. Fantastic. I mean, it's um, it's, uh, well, let's talk about kind of. Were you? Was this a, a side hustle? I guess is the phrase that people might say. You were doing your finance, and then the photography was was kind of evenings and weekends kind of thing. Is that about right? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so I started, uh, so I moved back to Southern California at that time, because I thought that would be a better place to, to do this mm-hmm. year round than mm-hmm. Chicago, which uh, has a reputation for not the best weather. Sure. And, and uh, so I moved to California and started doing, like I said, these little two hour one on ones with people at their kitchen table, or I'd take them out for photo walks. And then, you know, I get two, three, four people on a, on a trip and I started doing uh, half day tours. And I used to have one called San Diego by train. So we'd go from Orange County um, to San Diego by train. I do a one-on-one with everyone on the way down. Then we spend three, four hours shooting down there, which was real nice. And then we take the train back. So it was fun because you got the train experience and um, you didn't have to deal with driving and stuff. And so, uh, so just little by little grew that I did uh, Joshua Tree a weekend. I did a Death Valley weekend. Then I started bringing groups back to Chicago, where I'm from. And it's kind of a way to for me to get a free trip back, but to also to share one of my favorite cities with uh, people that had never been. And that was a really successful uh, four-day trip. And uh, that I probably did that 12 or 13 times. And wow. So it was very, very popular. And uh, then my first international trip was to the uh, Central European Christmas markets. And I brought a small group there and uh, absolutely loved it. I love Europe and, and winter, at least at that time. <laughs> when there's stuff to do. <laughs> sure. um, so that, Phenomenal. that got me going. That's yeah. amazing. It sounds like, um, yeah, really straight in at the deep end when, when you decided to, you know, take that leap, as we said, and go full time and, and really launch yourself 100% into it. And, and, you know, arguably 
these things never work unless you go headlong into it, right? You can't always, there comes a time where the, uh, the dipping your toes is no longer going to cut it. Right. And it sounds like you really went kind of headlong into it. That's incredible. On the note of, on the note of Chai town, I believe is what we call Chicago, right? Being a clueless Brit, I apologize, but Chai town or Chicago city, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm curious, what kind of destinations would you go to? What kind of sites would you go to within the city? To, and what kind of shops would you be looking for? Yeah, good question. Uh, so I wanted it to be so that we didn't have to drive anywhere, okay. really. Yeah, we didn't, because people probably didn't have cars. Or sometimes I get locals that maybe had a car or something. But it's kind of a pain with parking and everything when you're in a big city like that. So I try to uh, have a central, centrally located hotel which was right on the Chicago river, which is absolutely fabulous with the really tall buildings, just all the way down it, the gorgeous old bridges. And now they've got a river walk that you can actually walk down at the river level and there's restaurants and music and uh, Chicago does it right. Like I said, it's got a bad reputation for bad weather, but that's, I think overblown and it's a fantastic city. Uh, we'd also do some of the more touristy sites like Millennium Park. Mm -hmm. So we'd meet there at around five o'clock in the afternoon, the first evening. And then we were when it was typically very crowded. And then the next morning we get there at about seven o'clock in the morning and there's no one. Right. So you get to see this very touristy place with no people. And, um, you know, you can shoot it without, you know, the thousands of people around the bean and there's a beautiful crown fountain and the Pritzker Pavilion, the Lurie Garden, BP Bridge. It's absolutely stunningly beautiful. And it was actually built over a, a railroad like terminus that is actually still there, but they built above it. <clears throat> and so that, yeah, so this, this train I guess terminus, you know, the end, end of the train was right in the heart of the city. And so it was kind of an eyesore. And so they built right above it and uh, it did a really great job. It's just fantastic. So, and Chicago is a very walkable city. Um, we would also, the one thing we did is I asked everyone to take a, a taxi, like a $8 taxi from the hotel to a point called uh, where the Adler Planetarium is. Mm -hmm. And that's out on a peninsula that gives you one of the classic views back at the city. And then we walk out <clears throat> Roosevelt Road and get some other views from the south of the city. Uh, at times we'll take a, a water taxi, which is kind of the poor man's architectural <laughs> tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's the, the architectural tour in Chicago, which is on a boat and it's narrated and you you slowly go through down the river through that canyon of these tall tall buildings and it's it's a wonderful experience i highly recommend it but it's you know 60 or 70 dollars a person it's crowded and it's hard to get tickets sometimes but uh for five dollars we we take the 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 uh, taxi the uh, water taxi and it kind of goes the same route there's no narration but it's five bucks and we still get our shots so it's it's pretty great that's the insider tips right there folks why do that stupid expensive tour when you can spend five bucks and go with ralph on the what was it the water taxi from water taxi. from the which pier was it just having <clears throat> you remember uh we we did it from uh michigan avenue bridge yeah um down to about the union station stop yeah, yeah. fantastic okay i mean this sorry ralph say again it's kind of the heart of uh the best part of the river yeah. there yeah 
this has really uh, kind of whetted my appetite actually because because fun fun fact everybody i applied for a job in chicago many many years ago really wow yeah never never got it never went anywhere unfortunately i think partly because uh, just in general like visas and stuff are always difficult even for us lucky folks such as brits and, and americans we tend yeah. to be quite lucky with with visa applications and the things like that but there was a huge huge competition for the job um and sadly not but one of my friends got a similar job uh this is with the groupon do you remember groupon it used to be yeah. enormous groupon it's not really a yeah. thing anymore but yeah. they used to have a they used to have offices there looking out over is it lake michigan in chicago is that right Right. He was up on the some high high level building, looking out over Lake Michigan. It seems awesome. like a really really nice city to be based in. So yeah. I'm uh, anytime. It's getting me. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's getting me. Uh, it's getting me very jealous of the opportunity that he had that I couldn't cash in. But maybe one day I look forward to that. Yeah. Um, Ralph, let's can kind of continue the theme on favorite spots, favorite tips. Uh, tell me a little bit about any kind of favorite tours or favorite destinations that you've been on in the last few years. Uh, if any, if any least favorites come to mind as well, feel free to share those, but yeah, let's start with the favorites. Sure. Um, you know, I'm often asked what my favorite, uh, country is or tour is. Yeah. And, uh, honestly, I, I, I always say that, uh, <clears throat> Cambodia is in my top three and the other two rotate they change okay. <laughs> but I, I absolutely love cambodia and it's such a kind of a sleeper country that not a lot of people think about going to that's right next to the much more popular uh vietnam of course and thailand it's I kind know. of in between those two which kind of get all the press um and but i think cambodia is like vietnam maybe 20 years ago and so it's pretty rustic. Uh, the people are absolutely wonderful. The food is off the charts. Sure. Uh, photography, fantastic. The uh, you've got Angkor Wat, of course, of which course. is from the twelve hundreds. You know, so it's a it's a, they say it's the world's largest religious complex mm -hmm. in the world, I believe. Uh, and they they've probably only discovered like twenty percent of it or something crazy Imagine. like that. So really fascinating place. And of course, you've got the history of the, you know, the Khmer Rouge and uh, killing fields, and uh, that that's a a tough part of the history. And uh, I do include parts of that on our tour, but um, obviously, it's optional as it can be pretty upsetting for some people. But it's the reality, and it's uh, very interesting. So that is something that we offer. <clears throat> but my favorite thing to do on that trip is what I call uh, our tuk tuk adventures. Mm -hmm. And that's simply, I hire tuk-tuks for our group and we have two or three people per tuk-tuk and we just drive off into the countryside and we Amazing. see what we can see. And we just stop when we see something interesting, people making rice paper or uh, uh, sticky rice and bamboo and uh, little kind of abandoned watts or temples uh you know someone making something interesting off the side of the road that's just my favorite thing to do and it's one of those things that uh, a lot of people that are on trips like that don't you know it's, it's one of those things where you know it's like i never would have thought to do that or mm -hmm. i never would have had the courage to do that and and it's so much easier when you're in a you know small group because my trips are typically anywhere from four to ten people so a nice small group and um 
And it, it's just wonderful. I love to get my people into the local culture, meet the locals, where they live, where they work, learn about them. And uh, to me, that's the best part of travel. A hundred percent. I think there's, we, we were just speaking at a conference this weekend, just gone. And, and as you say, you know, people talking about food and, and travel and landscapes and sunsets. For me, I think that the people, and I think that's probably true for so many of us in the industry and, and beyond as well, like stories that the people tell, the, the almost, um, uh, what do we call it? The kind of basically the insignificant details of the, the, the two men who go and have a coffee. In a, we were just come back from, from Czech Republic, you know, two men go and catch up and have a cup of coffee in the town square and they watch the live, like almost these kind of insignificant experiences that just, give you that sense of place that amazing ability to kind of interact and to to share common experiences with people from all over the planet yeah maybe it's sitting down to a backgammon game with you know a bunch of old men or something or because they're almost always going to invite you in for to play bowls or you know whatever whatever they're doing you show some interest you you know they're probably going to invite you in and uh and I also recommend, because obviously I don't speak Khmer, I don't speak Vietnamese, I, I only speak uh, Spanish and some English, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, um, but I'd, I'd lo- we almost always have a t- an interpreter with us or a guide, so. uh, certainly with the group. But even when I travel alone, and this is one tip that I give people is don't be afraid to hire a local guide. Because they can be very inexpensive, especially in Asia and places like that. Sometimes they'll even include a car to drive you around for six or eight hours, and you might pay fifty or seventy-five dollars for a full day. Yeah, uh, and that's the best thing you could do because those are the people that know, you know, everyone and everything. And if you tell them, you know, God, I'd really like to meet some different artisans or fishermen or whatever, uh, you know, they'll keep that in mind. And then, oh, you know what, I. I, I know there's this guy that does this thing up the road here. Would you be interested in going to see that? And those are almost always the best, the best experiences and the best photo ops. Yeah. hundred percent. And funnily enough, I believe you're off to Cambodia pretty soon. Is that correct? Yeah, I've got, I haven't been in about four years, certainly with the pandemic. Sure. And uh, so I have a trip coming up uh, November 27th through December 10th of this year, 2022. And that is, um, uh, it's a 14-day trip. It's, again, one of my favorite destinations. We go to Phnom Penh, Batambang, Siem Reap, and then we go down to Kep, which is on the, I think it's the considered the uh, the Sea of Thailand down there, mm-hmm. but it's uh, just maybe 20 kilometers from Vietnam border. And uh, mm-hmm. it's a great way to just end that trip is because we go to a place called Rabbit Island where we take a boat over and just spend a day just swimming and drinking dollar beers and getting oh, $5 to me, Rob. You're really selling it quite well. <laughs> oh yeah. $5 massages and the, the best food you can imagine. So I just can't wait to get back there. And uh, it's such a wonderful place. Fantastic. Um, well, but, uh, so that was, remind me of the dates for anybody listening. Yeah. So for uh, people that are in the U.S. that celebrate Thanksgiving, it's important to know that it's after Thanksgiving. So November right. 27th through December 10th, which is obviously a couple weeks before Christmas for people that are celebrating. So try to shoehorn it right in between the two holidays. 
Fantastic. And that's a, that's a very inexpensive trip by most standards. Uh, it's about $4,000 for uh, 14 days. Wow. It includes almost everything except flights there and back, but it does include an internal flight that because uh, we, we fly from Siem Reap back down to Phnom Penh. And uh, almost all meals, I don't like to include all meals so that people can go out and explore, or skip a meal. No one ever goes hungry on my trips, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> people can go and explore and not feel like they have to be with the group all the time. So I typically do about a half day scheduled activities, half day free time. Great. And that works out really Great. well. So if you're someone that, you know, wants to know exactly what you're going to do every minute of the day with, you know, a tour operator that's got everything planned that's not my kind of trip. Um, you know, there are people that do that. So I prefer a, about a half day scheduled, half day free time and people just love it. Fantastic. A little bit of time for some some quiet self-reflection to go off into a smaller group and really get stuck into the culture. Uh, fantastic, Ralph. Right. incredible. I mean, let's stay on the note of trips for now. I believe you've got a couple more photo trips coming up on the calendar. Uh, tell us a little bit more about, was it Antarctica? Antarctica. Yeah, I just did introduced uh, two departures to antarctica in early february one goes february 1st through 8th and the second one february 6th through 13th they intentionally overlap but that's so that we can get two groups down there and what's really great about this trip is that we're going to fly down to the continent okay wow. so yeah so we go we we the trip starts in Punta Arenas, Chile. Mm -hmm. From there, we fly down to the continent to meet our 67 passenger boat, which is really small by most standards. Typical boats are over 200 down there. Sure. Ours is 67 max. Amazing. So it's about, it's less than six clients to each polar expert that is with going to be with us. So that's a really nice ratio. I think it's the smallest in the industry. But the key thing is that we're flying and we're saving two days each way on the notoriously rough Drake Passage, which is where the Atlantic Ocean, Pacific Ocean, and the Southern Ocean all converge, and they do not like each other. <laughs> so uh, you hear these horror stories of two, three days of absolute misery and seasickness, and so we're going to avoid that. And, um, and fly down and still get the great experience of being on a really small boat so i'm really yeah. excited i've not been down yet um but it it looks absolutely fascinating so right. i got those two trips coming up in february fantastic thanks very friend you're selling that one to me very very well as well i mean like even if you were you know sufferer of seasickness folks or or you know a lot worse as as he says there's quite a few miserable hours as you say waiting to get through that awful water but ralph and his team are just going to fly straight over it and go and enjoy all the fun stuff straight away fantastic i mean it's uh well actually while we're here Ralph, maybe you could quickly tell me and, and the folks listening uh how do people find these tours how do people book these tours in case they're inspired sure you can uh go to photoenrichment.com. That's where the Antarctica trip is. So I've got two travel brands. Yep. I've got photo enrichment adventures that are more photography based. They're not photo workshops. So if someone's looking to do photography 24 seven for 14 days straight, again, probably not my trip. So it's a real okay, nice perfect. mix of photography, culture, free time, 
Um, so I get uh, a lot of casual photographers, but also serious photographers that want to be in the right place at the right time, learn where to go, and then come back in their free time to, uh, you know, shoot those places at their own pace and on their own time and uh, get their own shots. So that that's what I've tried to build. So my trips, I, I consider them, uh, you know, photo workshop is super hardcore photography. A, a regular trip is almost nothing. And, and these photo enrichment adventures are are somewhere in the middle. So I get a lot of couples or friends that one's interested in photography and the other one, not necessarily. And the non-photographers are welcome to come with us on everything that we do. And they're, you know, who doesn't want to be in the right place at the right time in great light when it's cooler out, there's less crowds, even if, whether you got a camera or not. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't require any certain kind of camera. I've got people that have no camera or just smartphones. And, and to be honest with you, I'm shooting a lot more with my smartphone lately, mostly mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm shooting a lot of video for my YouTube channel, Interesting. Um, but I'm still getting a lot of really nice shots just with my iPhone. And uh, it's hard to do both, you know, hard to shoot video on your iPhone and have your big boy camera and, uh, you know, uh, and, and think about shooting stills and video. So I tend to do one or the other. Um, sure. yeah. So, so well, that, let's use that opportunity as well, Ralph, tell us about your YouTube channel. What's, uh, how can people find you on YouTube? Yeah. So if people, uh, search for uh, continental drifter, uh, that's the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash continental drifter. And it's, um, it's, videos that i've made over the years over the past 14 years that i've been uh doing these trips and i kind of never knew what i was going to do with that footage uh, but i always thought i wanted to start a youtube channel and so uh one good thing that came out of the pandemic is that it allowed me to have the time to actually start the channel which is a a real undertaking if you want to do it right (laughs) And so the pandemic with not traveling allowed me to focus on that, launch this. We're coming up on a two-year anniversary uh, around November 1 on the channel, and we're getting close to 1,000 subscribers. So please subscribe and uh, watch those videos because uh, looking to get monetized and you have to have 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 watch hours in order to be monetized and all that means is that you can make five bucks a month for the next two the next two years (laughs) (laughs) so worthwhile (laughs) i guess you just got to keep pushing on these things right this is this is how it works with social media hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Uh, let's uh, something you touched on about a couple of minutes ago, Ralph. Let's leap into that, which was kind of shot lists, helping people to to know what to be looking for, to know how to capture the images. Um, I mean, actually, so much so you're kind of so professional with the shot list concept that you actually created an app, I believe. Perhaps you could tell us a little bit about the app. Sure, I uh, I created an app called My Shot List for Travel about twelve years ago, I think it is. And that was designed to um, have in your pocket a shot list. And so a shot list is a list of the types of shots that you should be on the lookout for when you're shooting. Uh, It's not a concept that I came up with. It's been around forever, Um, certainly in the the, uh, movie industry. You know, they always have a shot list. We got to get these kinds of shots in order to make the movie. Well, as a travel photographer, I always say I consider myself a, a, a jack a jack of all genres and master of a few. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as a travel photographer, you have to be pretty well rounded to uh, come back with a set of images that tells the story of the place. Um, you know, I don't think anyone wants to sit through three hundred of even the most fantastic portraits or 100%. pictures of plates of food or landscapes uh you know after the 15th or 20th one you're probably like okay was there anything else that, <laughs> in that <laughs> place that that you could show me you know because of course there's landscape photographers there's architecture there's portrait photographers people with specialties and that's great uh a travel photographer i think if you want to keep people's interest in looking at your photography you have to come back with a unique and well-rounded set of images so that was the idea um i took it down off the the app store so it's not available i do have an i turned it into an ebook oh perfect yeah so all the information is there um in the ebook but it's not doesn't have the functionality that it had as a checklist on your phone and that kind of thing um, because it it, it was um, a little bit outdated and it couldn't keep up with the uh, iOS. So yeah. every time Apple would update the iOS, a lot of uh, older apps get kicked yeah, out they, or they it's like it difficult, right? Yeah. Or you have to go in and update it and spend thousands of dollars to do that, to bring it back. So I decided to take it down for now and perhaps I'll bring it back sometime, but people can get all that information in a book that I call 52 categories of a shot list, uh, a travel photographer's guide to creating a well-rounded set of images or something like that. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah. So we, we can put a link in the the show notes if you want yeah well that sounds good we'll send a link through to the folks thank you uh, uh you know thank you for for sharing us uh sharing a little bit about it kind yeah. of connected to that and i maybe you might want to delve into a couple of kind of things that you would share in the ebook and like i say connected to that perhaps you could tell us maybe a couple of tips or insights that you've picked up over your years any advice that you might give to somebody who's starting out in the industry yeah, the, I think the most important thing is to start developing a portfolio of solid images. Definitely. And so, you know, if you're looking for jobs or you want to start your own tours or whatever, you 
people are going to want to see your photography. Mm -hmm. Um, and, 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 and if anything, just, even if you're not selling photo tours, just to market a trip, you need beautiful images. 100%. And so, um, you know, honing your skills there, having a really nice uh, portfolio of images that people can access. And um, so it, it, it's becoming a lot more competitive. I mean, it seems like everyone's doing tours these days and, um, and, and that's fine. But, and, and you want to go with someone whose personality you click with and, you know, runs the type of trips that you're, you're looking for. And that's, that's why I'm really upfront with what people can expect on my trips, because I, I don't want someone looking for a hardcore photography workshop to come on my trip because they're probably going to be disappointed oh, uh, in that in that uh it's not 24 7 photography every sunrise every sunset it's much more casual uh, we still get great shots but again you got that free time and so it's uh i get professional photographers or or you know workshop people on my trips and if they, you know, I, but I try to be very upfront. And so I, I, I learned early on that you have to set expectations or people could be disappointed and you don't want that. Definitely. Right. I mean, it's, it's a whole, this is somebody's holiday essentially, right? These are amateur or, or maybe budding photographers who are spending good time and money to come to these places. They want to, they want to enjoy themselves. They definitely want to learn how to become a better photographer. But it's also important to make sure that these people, you know, make some friends and have an enjoyable journey. As you say, 100% get the shots and get the, dare I say, get some of the the, the must-have shots of a region, you know, Angkor Wat in Cambodia. You can't go to Siem Reap and not get a shot of Angkor Wat, but maybe with a, with a think about it in a new way to capture something that they might not have been able to capture before is always a crucial kind of element of photography education, the tiny amount that I have done. Uh, but like you say, these people have got to have a good time as well, right? Absolutely. And uh, one thing, um, just talking about that Cambodia trip, and this sure. is just an example, but the the reason to go with people like me or you guys that also do tours is uh, is for the local knowledge, you know. And so one thing about the uh, Angkor Wat is you have to go see sunrise and it's like it's the law <laughs> and uh it's it's crowded as hell uh there's thousands of people there but um you can there's some tricks for you know like shooting silhouettes that maybe oh, you know blocks out the people or you know you're shooting from angles that the people aren't you know, as noticeable or photographing the people to show how crazy crowded it really yeah, is. That's, that's right, part yeah. of the story. But my, one of my biggest tips, and uh, I won't make you come on a trip with me for this, but uh, hopefully <laughs> people will, um, is when, so we do the sunrise at, at Angkor Wat. And so you've got the sun coming up behind the main temple there. And um what everyone does at that point is after the sunrise and the sun's a little too high or hot to shoot, they walk in the front entrance of the main, I'll call it the temple there. Mm -hmm. What we do is we walk on the outside all the way to the back oh, and brilliant. then come in the opposite direction and there's no one there. Oh, fantastic. There you go. So all those thousands of people are going to, of course, go through the front door, which is right there. But we go around the back and come in the back way 
uh, kind of against the grain of those people. And for a good period of time, we pretty much have the place to ourselves. So that's one of my little secrets. There's a you're giving away all your tips here, Ralph. People have got to pay good money for that, otherwise. I got I got a boatload of them. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to hear it. Uh, of course, this wouldn't be the Journey Podcast without talking a little bit about Journey Magazine. Of course, the reason I'm speaking to to Ralph today, everybody, is because he contributed to issue one of Journey Magazine. Uh, perhaps you could share a little bit about your story on Romania for Journey. Sure. Um, yeah. So I I submitted a series of images that I made in a small a town called Gina, Romania. It's in uh, the region of Transylvania. Mm -hmm. And again, uh, going, I was on a scouting trip with my local uh, tour operator, Daniel. And of course, I mentioned earlier, you know, telling your guide what you're looking for, so mm -hmm. they know what to keep in mind. And this exact thing happened, we're cruising along at, uh, you know, I don't know, 100 kilometers an hour. And he says, Hey, you know what? I I I I know this family of sheep herders that live just up the road here. Would you like to go check out their sheepfold? And I had never heard the term sheepfold, but I'm um, like, yeah, what's a sheepfold? Yeah, and let's do it. What is yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> I said, let's go. And we went up this small little road and it ended at this beautiful, beautiful property. Uh people live in a very humble home. Uh, if you see the pictures, uh, but they're um, they've absolutely got a million dollar view there it's so gorgeous Romania is one of the another one of my favorite and most uh, underrated countries I think it's absolutely it's stunningly beautiful and the people are great the photography is fantastic so uh, yeah so we went up there and I um, so it was just me and Daniel at that point, but these are the kind of experiences that I love to bring my groups back to the next year and years after. So that's what I do on a scouting trip is try to meet people, have the experiences, do the activities, and then uh, put that together into a really cool trip and, and introduce the people to the places that really made my heart sing, like meeting this incredible family and uh, getting these shots, which the light was just beautiful. And uh, I really think it, it showed, um, you know, how these folks live. And uh, uh, they're some of my favorite shots that I've, I've probably ever taken. Fantastic. I guess we kind of slowly start wending our way towards the end of the conversation. But just, uh, well, thank you, of course, for your time, Ralph. Really appreciate it. Perhaps you could finish by telling uh, telling us how people can find you online on your social media. Sure. Uh, so, uh my photo enrichment adventures you can find at photoenrichment.com the ala campagna experiences i didn't really talk too much about those that type of trip but it's a new brand that i created about three four years ago and the idea with those trips is that we stay in one maybe two locations and we really do a deep dive cool. uh, we stay at amazing properties like private castles uh agriturismos wine estates former villas and potadors and um so the property itself is a destination and i know most of the time we can't wait to leave the hotel <laughs> uh you know we, we i'm not staying at the hotel there's stuff to see out there well what if the hotel is a destination yeah you sure. know it's an 11th century castle it's on 270 acres it's like a museum you may not want to leave all the time you know it's a place that you probably want to take advantage of uh most of the time they have swimming pools. And so there's relaxing. I am, uh, 
I'm beyond the idea of going somewhere and having to see everything, you know, uh, used to do that. Maybe it's cause I'm getting older, but I am so much more appreciative of just being in a place. Yeah. It's like, I'm looking in a mirror, like you yeah. don't have to run around every single corner of the earth frantically, like doing this kind of tick box travel. Like I saw that, I saw that like there's beautiful stuff five minutes away guys. Like don't, don't feel any obligation to run around. And there's a nice view almost always from that uh, that little cafe on the plaza there or the yeah. bar stool at the local pub, you know, and just yeah, meeting people and and just saying, oh, man, I'm in London or I'm in whatever, you know, city or place. But the Alicampani experiences are a little bit less about photography. But, of course, we're shooting, you know, the whole time we're there. We're going to these amazing places, but we're staying in one, maybe two locations and then doing a hub and spoke. So we pack and unpack once, maybe twice, and then just do little short trips of a half hour, hour around, like in my Dordogne trip, there's so many gorgeous little villages uh, within a half hour, 45 minutes from this 11th century castle that we stay in that, um, you know, we, we go and spend, you know, a half day there, and then you got some free time to shop or do whatever you want. So those are the, that kind of trip. And it's about the wine tasting and we do caviar tasting, uh, yeah. olive oil, and all those different kinds of experiences. So that's what I was trying to create with that with that brand. So that's a la campagna, a double l a c a m p a g n a, I believe, Ralph. Uh, a la campagna, and you can find that on uh, on social media channels. Is that right? Yeah, alacampania.com is where those are. Uh, you can reach those trips from photoenrichment.com. I've got right. those trips listed there. But uh, but yeah, it's a it's a little bit different kind of trip. And uh, and on social media, I'm pretty much at Ralph Velasco almost everywhere. And uh, continentaldrifter.co is the website for the YouTube channel. Right. And my goal is to get both those other websites under the Continental Drifter umbrella and have everything in one website because right now i've got three websites and it's it's a little confusing it's very uh, difficult to maintain as <laughs> well let me know if you need any any tips on that i'm I'm not too bad with website stuff yeah okay I'm obviously doing the journey magazine one too so anything yeah. i can do to help let me know appreciate it anytime okay well i think that's probably just about all we have time for folks you have been listening to travel photographer and photography instructor ralph velasco Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ralph. My pleasure. This was great. And if anyone wants to reach out, uh, you know, Ralph at photoenrichment.com or, you know, see me on Facebook, whatever. Love if you followed along. Fantastic. You've been listening to The Journey Podcast, which is available at jrnymag.com, journeymag.com, or wherever you usually access your podcasts. I'm Cy Wilmore, and thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.